Welcome to the Moms of Triathlon podcast. I'm Amy Henderson, working mom of two, Oliver, who's two and a half, and Margo, who just turned 10 months old, and I'm also a pro triathlete. And I'm Allie Wilson, former college swimmer turned triathlete and full-time stay-at-home mom to my 14-month-old daughter, Beth. Join us as we discuss everything from training during pregnancy and postpartum to learning how to navigate the world of sport and parenthood. Allie, how have you been doing this week? I know you had a little race happen over the weekend. How'd it go? It was good. Um, yeah, so I was the bike leg of a Olympic distance try just at a local race here. Um, and it was kind of fun, actually. Um, had no, the weather was supposed to be awful. Just uh, like the forecast. <laughs> it's just still raining here in Portland. Uh, I know. It just, won't stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it ended up actually being really pretty dry race day. Um, I guess it started pouring in transition while I was out on the bike and like, it was so localized that like my friends said they like took all of our gear and like ran it underneath this one covered area. And I was like, I didn't get any of that out on the road. <laughs> so that was lucky. Um, but I would say the biggest bummer of the week is that um, I was hoping to ride my TT bike and I got that out a few weeks ago and turned out there was a piece that was um, like broken in the drops and the rear. Oh, and yeah. yeah, so they'd kind of looked at it at the shop and they were like, well, it's rideable, but basically how what's wrong with it is the axle has to sit out a little bit so it wouldn't be supported fully by the frames. They basically said that if it were to like get knocked out of alignment, then my whole wheel would be out of alignment. And like, if that were to happen, like with some, you know, extra torque or something, or just anything could go wrong, uh, then that could happen while I was riding. Yeah. <laughs> so super bummer that like, uh, yeah, yeah, the day, day before I had to <laughs> switch it up and yeah. yeah. Oh, so frustrating. And we have, a friend who had a bike accident from the wheel, like an issue with, you know, the, apps, yeah, it, not her, being... it like came out of her, it like came out of the dropouts. Right. Yeah. When yeah, she was exactly. going down a big hill. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, I do not want to mess with that. Yeah. So I was definitely thinking about that. Like when I was kind of talking like to my mom and my husband about it of like, well, I could ride this and it's a flat yeah. route. But and then it was supposed to be raining, and my road bike has disc brakes and everything. Yeah, it's just a little bit more stable. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, but I was a little bit bummed, especially with the wind. Like it would have been really nice to be on a road bike, mm. or I'm sorry, on a TT bike. Yeah. Um, like every pedal, I was wishing for my aero bars. Oh uh, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the first time I've done anything like that in like quite a while. So, I mean, I didn't really go in with any expectations or planning other than just kind of go in and settle into like, you know, a power range that felt like I was working hard, but also doable for, you know, the distance. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Isn't it cool how we can like, you know, just it is so interesting pacing stuff, how just knowing mentally, okay, this is how long I have to go like your body sort of knows the right. And, you know, of course our bodies are like under 
telling us what, you know, they're, they're being conservative because, uh, you know, trying to sort of protect ourselves, but it's so crazy how you just know, like if someone tells you how long to go. Well, I honestly going into it, I didn't really have any like plan. I mean, I really just was like, I'm going to get out there and we had a headwind to start. And I just kind of like, kind of got up to, you know, it was was flat out and back. So Mm -hmm. I just settled in and I just kind of was going and I was like, I think, you know, I can go a little bit harder than this. And then I kept my, like my average power kept going up for the whole, like where I was. And so once I got to, you know, wherever I just was like, I think this is probably good. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I mean, it was hard because I'm like, I didn't want to overdo it because the last thing I wanted was to just die. (laughs) Yeah. But I also like didn't want to underdo it. Like I really wanted to see what I could do. And so, yeah, yeah, that's and it is sort of crazy because I mean, yeah, what you were doing out there, I guess any leg of a triathlon relay is, you know, a classic you know, 40 K TT. Yeah. And so it was fun. Um, it was definitely weird not swimming yeah. because usually when people ask me to be part of a, a relay, they're <laughs> yeah. like, can you swim? <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really nice change of pace. And then I didn't have to run afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was obviously the big one from the weekend. Um, other than that, I went back to master swim workout this last Monday And that was, um, I've been swimming enough that it was, um, it was definitely a challenging workout, but like my overall fitness was good, but it was like, it was a 5k swim workout, which is the longest swimming I've done in a while. So what style of workout was it? Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, what did we do? Sprints or, um, Mondays are usually more like endurance stuff. I'm trying to think what our main set was. I think it was like four threes, four one fifties, four one hundreds, four fifties. It was something like that. Fun. And each thing was like something different. Oh, so fun. Masters workouts are really fun. I I really <laughs> like having a coach tell me what to do in the pool. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, anyways, what's going on with you this week? Well, I've been, uh, you know, building back into training after a nice recovery week uh, after Chattanooga. And I, the recovery week really felt like a full on off season week because we had some, you know, issues with childcare. And so I couldn't really stick to my training plan or do normal training. So it really felt like that off season where you're just like, what can I fit in? What do I want to <laughs> do? Whatever, do? What? whenever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, hopefully this isn't, at least it's a recovery week. So, you know, can't feel too bad about it. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up, I registered for Oregon 70.3. So that's going to be July 10th. And it is sort of nice as a pro that I can register for things really late and last minute. And so I can take my time to think about like, if it makes sense to do and everything. Um, so yeah, I was, I was on the fence, but, um, I'm, definitely excited to do that race so signed up for that one well that's coming up in just about a month and that was a big part of it was like okay i realizing (laughs) it was only five weeks away and it's like well might as well use the fitness that i have especially since i have no idea what else i might uh, you know i'm not like committed to anything else this season so it's like Uh well gosh if it's only five weeks away i can push through to that (laughs) 
Um, and yeah, with the kiddos, you know, we have definitely been dealing with some difficulties with Ollie's bedtime, just toddler bedtime, like classic stuff of it getting dragged out longer and longer and, you know, needing very specific books and very specific things and needing, you know, like we figured out how that on Spotify, you can get like kid stories, you know, and Ollie likes listening to, yeah, like little, you know, Peter Rabbit story and stuff. And there's music integrated and it's nice. Um, Well, then Nick puts it on and he puts on the wrong Peter Rabbit. So then it's like, you know, all these little things. Um, And he's obviously verbal enough to tell you, like, this isn't the one that I want to listen to. So do you guys play it and then like, like that's what he listens to after you guys leave the room or you sit in there playing with him while he's listening to it? Or? Um, it's a little bit of both, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's sort of, um, yeah. Like I think it's more so. Yeah. When we leave, but I know previously there was a whole Elmo playlist that Nick had found. And so that they would just sort of turn on when he would, you know, get in there, uh, and start doing like, I don't know, just whenever he wanted to go turn it on, he could go like hit the button. Nice. <laughs> one, one good tip is for, you know, Sonos speaker, uh-huh. um, you can cap the volume. So even though it's a place where Ollie can reach the speaker, um, Nick capped the volume so that he can't turn it up like too loud. <laughs> That's actually really good to know. Cause my parents have one that Beth has accidentally lasted the volume on. And there was a lot of tears that day. So oh my that's, gosh. that's actually yeah. really, really good information to have. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, you know, it's getting, things were getting dragged out and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, we need to do something because this is, you know, cutting into time that we need as parents to, do chores and recuperate and have time to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so how, I was thinking about it. How late's his bedtime been going? I mean, I know there's been sometimes I've talked to you the next day and you're like, he finally went to sleep at 1030. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's exactly. so late. Oh I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Late. Late, late. And then in the morning he's like, <laughs> you know, just like groggy and like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. And yeah, sort of like a, teenager it's funny (laughs) (laughs) so what time is he sleeping until now then um i mean you know we try to get up at eight so Uh (laughs) um and you know if it's a day when we don't have work and stuff maybe he can stay in bed till nine Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's pretty late for everyone you know yeah that's yeah anyway it's just it's all totally messed up so i was like okay well you know what we are going to have our first ever family meeting and we are going to recruit Ollie to talk through the problem and potential solutions. So during dinner, we started our family meeting. Margo was there. Oliver was there. We were there. And uh, we, you know, start talking and I'm explaining, okay, you know, it's really hard for you to wake up in the morning <laughs> when you go to bed so late. And also... Uh, mom and dad need that time to get chores done and clean the house so that we can spend more time with you during the day and, you know, when you want time with us. Um, so, you know, what what are things we can do? And Ollie's idea was that we should milk a cow. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he have a reason? 
Like, I really hope this is going somewhere. (laughs) It doesn't go anywhere. It would just. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, mouths of babes. So how did that even like come to be? Were you just like, what do you suggest? Yeah, I was like, do you have any ideas of what we could do? I don't even know. Yeah, Um, look a cow. Maybe I'm sure you said it. Like maybe we could milk a cow. His tiny little voice. Yeah. Oh I actually did try to get some recording, like audio recording of the family meeting, but I don't think I, I should listen back, see if I got anything good. Oh, um, man. Yeah. So we did actually try a sticker chart that that didn't really work so well. But the main thing is just, you know, we talked through this is the routine. This is how many books we get. This is that. And if you don't want to get into bed after your three books, that's okay. But you have to pay, play independently in your room. So mm-hmm. he can stay up. He can play puzzles. Because also, you know, you can't go from a 10, 10.30 time when kiddo falls asleep to being like, you have to be in bed at 9. You yeah. Know, you can't shift it that much so quickly. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was fun. Because, um, you know, I don't know. That's something I've been really excited for as a parent is like how can we work with the kid and problem solve and incorporate them? And, you know, like, and of course, I mean, this one was a little bit hilarious because he's, you know, not even three. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, we're, we're starting a, uh, we're setting a precedent and, you know, yeah, I think it'll, it'll build into something nice. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing, uh, then on Sunday this past week, we went swimming um, at the pool and Ollie wore some of those like little floaties. So he had mm-hmm. like the arm floaties on and he was able to swim without being held with the floaties. Oh, yay. Which was really cool. And that was, you know, I think we've maybe convinced him to wear them before, but not really swim like that. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was it was really fun. Being, That's awesome. Being able to, yeah, start building into that. So have you guys been taking Margo into the pool much? Yeah, she's been coming with us, too, and she loves the water and, yeah, loves going around and grabbing toys and, yeah, so. Oh, fun. Yeah. Well, we got to take Best Swimming this week, too. We have a little community pool that just opened a couple weeks ago, um, and it's just been really fun to, like, get back in the water with her. Yeah. Because we haven't done it since she was, like, a couple months old. Yeah. So it's like she's almost experiencing this all for the first time again. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, like, you know, my uh, <laughs> all the things I wanted as a mother is that my yeah. child would love the pool and so far so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Are you planning on, like, being the one who teaches her how to swim? Um. Well, I mean – I've taught lessons. I mean, a, a little bit of my swing background is I was swam through college. Um, and then I did the whole, I did lifeguarding. I used to coach, um, like the little kids, you know, like 10 and mm. unders. And then I also kind of oversaw lesson programs, um, and supervised like at one particular pool. And, um, so I have a ton of experience with it. It hasn't, I haven't done it in a number of years, Mm-hmm. It would be really, really easy for me to look up like all the levels for stuff. And I think to some extent I want to, like, obviously right now, this is what I'm doing. And we're really fortunate that during the summer we have a pool that's literally mm-hmm. like 
less than a block from our house. Yeah. And yeah. And we can go whenever we want. I mean, it's not a lap pool. It's just like, you know, just like a little fun outdoor pool, but, um, you know, I kind of want to look into like, what are the types of things that I can try to teach her right now? Cause I never worked with kids this young. Um, but you know, I want to do a lot of the basic stuff, mainly like comfort, like getting her comfortable with the water. Um, teaching water safety is such a big thing, especially once kids get comfortable with the water and making sure like they know they can't just go jump in. Yeah. Um, like that's just really, really important. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely have a story related to that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's scary because you want them to have fun and, and, but that also like, they have to know how to be safe around water. Um, we were at the beach one time and cause we live, you know, right by the river mm-hmm. and Ollie was, you know, I don't know, one and a half or however old he was. And he just like suddenly like, you know, we were sort of near the water and in the water, but he sort of like took off into the water. Oh my gosh. And, you know, I tried to grab him and he fell and it was oh, I remember. Yeah, I don't know what month it was. This like was, winter, but it was wasn't cold. It? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was like totally winter, but it it was cold water. And I, yeah, he was soaking oh wet, God. and I took all his clothes off, and I <sighs> put, you know, my like down jacket on him, and like you know, we live a mile away, and I had the running shoulder, and so I put him in, and I'm running home like sprinting, so nervous, talking to him, and you know, he was all like he was in good spirits and stuff. But there was also this person there who was like, oh, my God, is he okay? when kids get too cold? You know, and so he was like building it up and sort of because he really wanted me to like put Ollie in his car and drive us home. And and there was the start of the pandemic. And I was like, I really don't live that far. Like, I'm a professional athlete. I can get him home, you know, (laughs) I can get him home in seven and a half minutes. (laughs) And that's the thing, too. Yeah. Is like, you know, you try to put him and he was like, I have a car seat because of whatever. But it's like. And, you know, just, I mean, driving there could take longer. Yeah, I guess a car yeah. is warmer, but, you know, he was, he wasn't turning blue. He was okay. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I was, I do out. remember you text me and you were like, Ollie just fell in the river. And I was like, oh my gosh. Cause like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know if it was like he fell off a dock or oh, yeah. anything, but yeah, I do remember the, the cold weather too. Cause like, that's like a significant part of <laughs> yeah the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, like, it's scary, like teaching kids, even like when you were just saying Ollie was swimming with his water wings on, like my first thought is like, make sure he knows that he can't be in the water, you know, without them or without you. And like, you know, just educating them at, at, to whatever extent you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to do a lot of the basic stuff with her. Um, but I definitely will put her in swim lessons. You know, I think there's a lot of value to, um, you know, doing the group swim lessons and having people who are actively, you know, teaching them, (laughs) you know, I I can teach her a lot, but I don't necessarily need to. And our pool here is closed um, after Labor Day. Yeah. So, you know, we only have it for a few months out of the year. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, let's get into our main topic for the week. This week, we're going to be talking about race planning. So how do we plan our seasons? And especially, how do we do that now that we're parents? Allie, how have you been approaching the race season this year? Um, 
Oddly enough, not a whole lot differently than I did before kids because I've never really been one to like sit and map out my season. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I've definitely always kind of been like, oh, what seems like a good thing to train for (laughs) the next like six months or so. Um, I'll put big goals in the calendar, but I've de- I mean, I've really never sat down, you know, and, and really done a big race planning. And I don't think that's changed a lot for now. And I've always tried to keep some kind of balance like in my life of, you know, especially once my husband and I were dating and, you know, we want to do stuff on the weekends. And so to plan out like a huge, year of racing is, you know, there's, there's give and take for me and that hasn't changed a ton, but obviously it was easier before to be able to do, you know, longer races just training wise. And so I've been kind of taking that into consideration. Um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So true with the longer races, like, I just, after doing Chattanooga, um, I mean, this is, this, you know, season planning is big on my mind right now because um, after doing Chattanooga, it's like, and just the buildup for that and the training for that, you know, it's sort of daunting and hard to imagine training for an Ironman. Yeah. With, with two young kids. Well, it's um, the t- there's so much time. And I mean, there's so much you can do with, you can do long rides on weekdays, especially if you've got childcare and stuff, but it's still like, it's a big time commitment. If you're wanting to train at like the level, you know, you can physically, you know? Yeah. Be and at. that's, what's so hard. Yeah, exactly. Like with Chattanooga, you know, I look back and it's like, okay, I know that I, trained fewer hours than you know probably all my competitors in the pro field um and and then really as yeah as i look at an iron man it's like well it's not like i had many more hours i could add in you know like i did the best i can um and you know really they come in you know one concentrated area it's it's the big you know the big bike bike rides um mm-hmm. that is like and of course the long runs get longer with the, well in the bricks too so then you're adding full. on you know a long bike ride with now a brick run after it yeah yeah and so definitely on my mind like as i'm thinking about it is what what can i get away with and you know in the past if i were training for a full i would probably want to do like I don't know, three century rides in that buildup. And Mm -hmm. that's a lot of long, that doesn't, that does not feel feasible. No, like even saying it, I'm like, Oh man, I don't think I could squeeze in one this year. Yeah. Yeah, And I don't think it's required. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I haven't done um, a full, like I don't really know what the, you know, training plan looks like for that. But I mean, even with a half, you're looking at multiple, long, long ride days. And like, I feel like one of the things I've thought about with this year is that I feel like I can do well at kind of like one sport, maybe two, 
but being able to have the time to do all three, like I was super happy training for a marathon and Mm -hmm. you know, I'm super bummed. I didn't get a chance to do it. I really thought about focusing on another long distance running event, but like mentally I'm just not there. And so I'm, you know, trying to turn my focus elsewhere and figure out like my husband and I talked like last week and I was just kind of talking to him about what the rest of the season looks like. I'm like, I would really like to be able to do something this year. I'm not going to do a run. I'm going to do a couple of swims. Um, but you know, is a half feasible. And he basically was like, you know, if you've got a couple on this time of year, I'm looking at a couple September races. He's like, I think a shorter race is kind of the better, better way to go. Cause I mean, there's really, you have a limited number of hours So if you can do targeted training in those hours versus like frantically trying to figure out how to piece together like a long, I mean, exactly like what you're saying. There's just only so much time. Yeah. And it is interesting. I mean, thinking about, I love going back and thinking about like, why do we do the distances we do? And, you know, what is it that, you know, of course, when you're thinking about race planning, it's like, what, what? what excites me? What am I like excited for? Because, you know, I know we've talked about this. I think the biggest reason, a huge reason I put races on the calendar is just to be motivated and excited Mm -hmm. and like have that like positive energy. And, and it's, it can be hard to know where you're going to get that from. And, and cause I know, um, you know, as you've been thinking about what you want to do this season and what, goals you would want to set, you know, it, it sort of fluctuates where, uh, and this was similar for me during COVID. And I think everyone was doing this is like, okay, what can I do that's going to excite me? And, you know, at times I had thought, oh, I really want to do Wildwood end to end, which is, mm-hmm. which is a 50k trail here, you know, if you go end to end. Um, and, and so, yeah, anyway, during the pandemic, I was like, okay, do I want to do Wildwood end to end? I've always wanted to do that. Um, but then on the flip side was like, alternatively, I could do a half marathon and see how fast can I go. And that was the thing that ultimately, you know, got me excited. And honestly, it was because of kids. It was thinking like, okay, a 50K is a lot more to train for than a half marathon. And if I'm doing Wildwood end to end, I need to be getting out and r- running on trails. I can't just be you know, running on my flat paved surfaces <laughs> with my stroller, yeah, which exactly. is what I do for pretty much 90% of my runs. Um, so it just, even for that, it was like, what's feasible and, you know, add into, yeah, when you're thinking about trails, it's not just that you can't take the stroller, it's that you have to drive to get there. Mm-hmm. So you have the added time which, there. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously been something we've talked about before is just like, all right, I've got this many hours to get out. Like, how much of that do I want to spend driving? Yeah, exactly. So, it's funny. I mean, obviously, you had that kind of goal, like figuring out between doing Wildwood and a half marathon um, during COVID. And I had that same kind of decision that I was trying to make earlier this year, too. Like, after the marathon, I was like, well, I want to train for something. And I was thinking that I wanted to do a run focus. Like, that was my whole year. I was going to do a big run focused year. And I was really caught up in that. And I mean, you and I talked about it at first it was going to be like, well, I could train for half marathon, you know, it won't take as much training time, but I'm also coming off an injury and I know the intensity is going to be a lot higher. So would I be more at risk for like, you know, getting injured again, if I do a higher intensity training 
or do I do Wildwood? And, you know, part of me was like, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to run <laughs> enough here and there. And hopefully I can make it 30 miles and like call yeah. it good. But yeah. at this point, I'm like completely, completely away from that. Like, yeah. And why uh, did that happen? Why did you shift? I don't know. I think because I was like so frustrated with how my last like, you know, I've now had two failed attempts at doing a marathon. <laughs> and so I think once, I don't know, the weather started getting nicer too. And mentally, I was just kind of like, all right, you know, I, I'm totally good with run training during the winter because it's a lot easier to get out running in the rain. You know, it just is versus like yeah. biking. and Yeah. Yeah. So I think once the weather started getting nicer and I was realizing if I have the opportunity to go out for a few hours on the weekend, I kind of want to be on my bike. Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. That's, I like this. This is helping. I'm thinking, okay, in the future, I should plan the running races at the, mm -hmm. you know, start of like spring, in spring. races. Yeah. <laughs> and then do everything else later in the year. Yeah. I always think of it the opposite. Like how I've been thinking about my calendars recently is, okay, so I always think about it. Well, I want, a triathlon early, like, you know, around May, um, because I want, like, yes, I'm good training long periods of time, building up to like one big, huge a race. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, it feels a little weird if it doesn't come until like, July, <laughs> you know, you mean like your, that's your first race of the first year race of the season. Yeah, like, that's a lot of buildup. Um, yeah, that's true. And I don't like base miles that much. I like a little more speed. <laughs> well, what about like, you know, obviously the race I just did is technically like the local season opener. What about doing like a short race? But I guess, I mean, that was still just early June and not May, but. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, totally. Like a, a local short race early mm -hmm. in the season. Yeah, would make sense. Um, and that's where, you know, going back to what we were talking about before is the distance thing, right? So like, cause you and I have talked a lot and, you know, we've sort of recently focused on 70.3 distances to some extent. And that goes back to the distance thing. Right. And one article that I read years ago was Laura, Lauren Fleshman, who, you know, amazing 5k runner. Right. And she has this article about with this anecdote about being on a plane She's wearing her running shoes. There's a guy who's, you know, I think she, I think she had a baby with her actually. So it's perfect for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, baby maybe is upset a little bit and she, you know, wants to befriend her seatmate so that he maybe is less annoyed, I think is how the anecdote goes. And so she sees that he's wearing running shoes and she, you know, brings, starts talking to him about running because of course she knows a lot about running. And, you know, he asks her, oh, have you ever done a marathon? And she says, no. And he's like, oh, you know, no, mostly I do 5K, she says. And he says, oh, you'll get there one day. <laughs> <laughs> and the article, I think it was in Runner's World, you know, it's all about here are the reasons that the 5K is awesome, you know. And it's like you get to do speed work and you get to see how fast you can go. And when you're racing longer distances, it's really hard to have that, like, how fast can I go? Because uh, for a lot of people, it's just like, can I do it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a whole list of, of why it's great. And I think back on that a lot because it's like, yeah, I mean, for one, if I, 
we're more motivated and excited by shorter distance races. Like you can race more often. That's definitely yeah. one of the things on the list. Um, and you do get to like sort of hone that speed in a cool way and you can sort of see a buildup over time. But I think in the triathlon world, well, I mean, what I've always appreciated about triathlon is like that there's competition at, a, at all different levels and in the age group field and, and stuff like that, right? So just as an adult doing triathlon, if you want, if you're looking for a competitive outlet, it can be really fun because mm-hmm. if you're at the shorter distances, you can be trying to race nationals and then potentially worlds. Longer distances, you've got worlds also to qualify for, both at 70.3 and full. And so I think there's a lot, you know, of good things at all the different distances, but I mean, yeah, I think it comes down to personal preference too. Like I was actually thinking about this, um, just yesterday. So yesterday was nine years ago. Yesterday was my first 70.3. And honestly, I've only done four total, <laughs> but I still consider myself like a 70.3 athlete just cause I take breaks in between and stuff. I mean, I, I've never really, you know, I've only ever done one a season, but I still, mm-hmm. you know, I still enjoy the distance. I've still podiumed in my age group, like a, you know, decent at the, at the distance. And I just really love it. And mm-hmm. I would rather do one seventy point three in like a year and, you know, maybe a sprint or an Olympic earlier in the year, just to kind of get the legs moving, than like load my calendar up with race after race after race. And, mm-hmm. um, additionally, like, I think once I did my first half, everybody's like, well, when are you going to do a full? It's mm-hmm. like, I've never really felt the drive to do a full until honestly the last like year or so I'm like, yeah, maybe someday, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I will. I feel like it's something I, I want to do just to do it, but I'm not sitting here like going after that Ironman finish line. Like I'm not yeah. so, you know, and I'm good with that. But again, I just really love the distance of a 70.3. I love the challenge. I love the training. I love the race. I love the big buildup to a big day event. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially at like an Ironman event, because it's, it's like a, I mean, it's just this production. I don't want to. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big production. It's a big party. It's a big all day experience. And you know, it's a lot of fun. And I mean, I'll take that (laughs) versus, you know, a bunch of smaller ones. Yeah. And I think like the, I think that's a great point is, yeah, you can't really build up as long in the same way for a sprint or an Olympic. Like it just doesn't feel like, Ooh, I can put that one on my calendar. Once you've been training for a while and you, you know, are used to getting the miles in, which, and then again, I mean, I say that, but then if, you know, you really want to train to be as fast as you can, obviously. Yeah. You I mean, that's a whole different distances. level. Yeah. <laughs> but it does feel like there's something there to the building up of the endurance for a longer distance. But I think it's also just, yeah, just a shift in mindset. Um, so, yeah. So for me, you know, as I think about my season, I like to have a race that's earlier so that it sort of kicks it off. Uh, you know, you could also call it like, a, you know, people like to say dusting off the cobwebs, mm-hmm. but then I also really like to have something that's like September or, you know, later that that can be a big buildup to get that motivation through the summer. Cause I'm, you know, like you, I don't really like having that many races on the calendar. Uh, and so to have sort of an early season 
one and then a later season, like, okay, now I have my winter training motivation and I've got my summer training motivation and then I get an off season. (laughs) Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And like, I'm trying to think what I've done in the past. I'll like mix other stuff in. Like, honestly, this year I did... Um, back in February, I did a marathon relay with a friend. Yeah. I mean, the weather was terrible. It was like February on the Oregon <laughs> the coast. The theme of <laughs> race, it was raining, <laughs> but I mean, that was a lot of fun. It was a challenge and I worked it into my, um, like marathon training plan. Um, you know, so it was like a fun event, but I didn't, it wasn't like my big race. And then I was going to do the marathon, but this year I'm actually going to add in a swim race. So end of July, I'm going to be doing an open water race in Bend um, that I've done in the past. It's just been a few years. So I think that's kind of where I'm like, I just like having stuff to train for. And like right now I'm like, okay, swim focus for the next couple of months. And then hopefully I'm able to do this race in September. And then I'll be able to kind of focus with that in kind of in the back of my mind, it's like what, 12 or 13 weeks out. So I am kind of looking at like, what's a good training plan going into that? How closely am I going to follow that? Mm-hmm. What can I get away with not doing if I'm going to be trying to swim a lot more? Um, Cause for me with my swimming background, that's also the one thing that it's easiest for me to more or less be lazy on and still have a, like a good swim on race day comparatively, but I also know that if I'm not swimming consistently going into that, then I will feel terrible. No matter how fast (laughs) I swim, it will feel awful. And that's how the day will start out. So I can't just not swim. (laughs) Like I can't just, I can't just bike and run. Yeah. How long is the swim race that you're doing? So I need to double check, but it's going to be, um, I think two in one day and it'll be a 1500 and a 5k. I think those are the distances. So yeah, yeah, that's the other things right now. It's kind of a good motivator to do, um, swim training so I can finish that 5k. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, after, so you've got, um, Oregon coming up. I mean, do you have anything else? Like, do you have any other, like, I know last year or the year before, what, how, what year it was that you did your half marathon time trial? Like, are you going to do any more like personal goals that aren't races or you do, what are you thinking? I have decided that I'm very much like going race by race this year. Normally I like to have things planned out. Um, but I don't know. It just feels different because I'm really trying to see like, okay, how, how can I fit this into my life and how, yeah, how do things work out? I think for this. Okay. So for me, you know, being in the pro field, a big thing that was delaying me being able to plan my race season was waiting for the pro calendar. And Mm. finally, you know, I'm like refreshing this thing every day because one of my huge dreams since I had had the thought of potentially one day getting my pro card. So I think this was in like, you know, I don't know, I want to say 2018, like before I had my pro card, but was getting close and was watching the coverage of Ironman Wisconsin, which I'm from Wisconsin. That was my first Ironman, you know, goes through my college campus, very near and dear to my heart. And you know, watching the coverage, I just had this dream of like, if I get my pro card, could I race as a pro at Ironman Wisconsin? Like, 
you know, probably won't be on the coverage because you have to be at the start of the race for that. <laughs> okay. But that's, um, a pretty, that's a pretty cool goal. Yeah. And like, it's been in my head for years now. And it's hard too because Ironman Wisconsin does not always have a pro field. It's very hit or miss. So there's no guarantee. And so this year, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting. And finally, bam, they announce it like Ironman Wisconsin will have a pro field, men and women's. And my brother is already registered to race Ironman Wisconsin this year. Uh, this is my brother who's done Kona twice and does, you know, a lot of Ironman races. Like what's, me. Uh, what's the date of the race? September 11th. Okay. Yeah. And it's also sort of a nice one because it is, it's about, you know, five or six weeks before Kona every year. Um, it's for it. You, if you qualify at Kona at that race, it's for the next year. So for my first one, it was great because it was like, I qualified for Kona and I had over a year to train and, you know, recover and build back up. And that was really helpful. Um, and it's also beneficial for, you know, if you're in the pro fields, like there aren't that many Ironman distance pros at it who are at the top level because they're getting ready for Wisconsin or for Kona. Kona. Okay. Yeah. You know, I know Lindsay Corbin likes to go and race Wisconsin before Kona and sort of like get her, uh, slot there sometimes, you know, so sometimes, and it probably has like one slot. So, (laughs) you know, it's like, um, anyway, it's on the calendar. And so it's like, it's really hard to not do it because there's a lot going for it for me personally. Like, it's been this goal. Um, but just as I've been, you know, training for these 70.3s with the two kids, like it's really hard to imagine training for it. And like, there's also this part of me that's like, do I want it as much as I used, as I did in oh, the past. That's a good point. You know, like, because yeah. honestly, before it was announced, I was like, oh, if it's not on the calendar, you know, you know how you have to like come to terms with that possibility just to mentally prepare yourself. So mm-hmm. I was like, if it's not on the calendar, I'm going to, I'm going to try to go, you know, for my fastest. I've been really wanting to do like a marathon and just see how fast I can go. You know, I haven't done an open marathon in a long time. Um, and so, I was like, okay, I'm going to do like the Portland marathon or some marathon, you know, later season and see how fast I can go. And then number two, like I've really been interested in doing more bike racing and seeing like what, what that's like and what that's all all about. And we have great cyclocross series here in Portland. That's really fun to do too. So it's like, okay, if I can't do Wisconsin, like I'll shift and I'll do bike racing and then a marathon. Um, and I was like really excited about that. And I know I can still do that. Um, and I know that I don't have to do Wisconsin, but you know, there's also ways to make it work. And I've been thinking a lot about how I could make it work. So well, I mean, I'm just waiting is, to decide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not only the training, but then it's again, I mean, the traveling, do you take the kids? Do you go on your own? I mean, there's just a lot more to consider. And that's like, yeah, I mean, some of the races I've been looking at here is same kind of thing is like, there is a 
um, in Washington in September. And it's not a flying, you know, I'd be able to drive. It's only three hours away, but you're still that added travel. Like you add travel into anything and it adds a whole new, a whole new piece now. Um, and you know, if you're not going to take the kids with you and even if you do, then that's a lot of added pressure on your partner. Yeah. And I mean, even again, just the training for it is added pressure on your partner. Or I mean, even if they're able to have somebody help on the weekends, you're still then losing weekend time with family. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I know there's people out there that do it. And I think, you know, one of the things you and I've talked about before is we see so many you know, women and parents out being successful and training these full, you know, schedule or racing these full schedules and they're doing it all and they're doing it with kids. But, you know, everybody's choices are different. Everybody's, you know, childcare is different. Everybody's financial situation is different. And I think it is really hard um, as a new-ish parent coming out of, you know, being able to kind of do whatever you want <laughs> whenever you want. And then kind of the real, the reality of, well, there's this whole other factor going into my decision-making now and things that I never had to consider before. Um, you know, obviously you always have to kind of consider your partner in, in training, but like now that's like yeah. at a whole other level. And I think one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is we see a lot of these women doing it, but what we don't see are the women that aren't doing it. Yeah. Because they're just not. And so the highlighted ones are, you know, the ones crossing the finish line, holding their two, three-year-old that's holding a go mama sign. (laughs) And that's like the dream. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's, yeah, (laughs) that, that's why I'm excited that Oregon 70.3 was on the pro race calendar because... Um, you know, that's only less than an hour drive from where we live. And yeah, so, you know, definitely already talking with Nick about how can we get the kids there and, you know, who can help support you to get them down and, you know, where, you know, should we go down separate so you don't all have to wake up at like 3 a.m. <laughs> Four in the yes. morning. The answer well, is maybe, yes. Um, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe your Nick and me and my Nick can all coordinate and we can, <laughs> yeah. we can do a whole caravan down, going, <laughs> going down to Salem for the day. Yeah. Um, that'll be a good race for you too. Cause the street, the swim is downstream and last year it was fast. Yes. I was going to say that as I think about you know, race planning and like which races to go to. Like, obviously right now one is just what can I race in the pro field? But then I definitely, yeah, take into account like the, does the course suit me? You know, I like hilly bikes since my bike is strong. I like, yeah, downstream fast swims Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and the run whatever throw whatever at me i don't care but. yeah i i did hear that there was a lot of gravel on the run last year Ooh, nice. um because i did that that one i did as a relay too eventually i'll oh. put all three sports <laughs> together but i've done i've now done like relay pieces for everything the, the last year and a half <laughs> um yeah so the swim was downstream and last year i did uh i think it was a seven and a half to eight minute swim pr <laughs> on that crazy. course i know kind of nuts and then i think the bike's is it rolly or is it kind of flatter? I think it was kind of flat. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But either way, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be a really fast course. And 
I'm kind of a little bit bummed to not be doing it this year also. Um, but I think by the time I wrap my head around the possibility of doing something like that or even trying to, it was just like, I think the race was sold out. Yeah, I know that race definitely sold out very quickly, which speaks to the triathlon community locally and the need for, you know, I'm glad they've been adding more 70.3s in the Pacific Northwest, like the Washington one and the Oregon one. But back to the point that you were making about, like, especially being a parent about your partner really needing to be on board. Um, That's one of the things I keep remembering as I'm thinking about my race planning right now and what it's going to take is that even without kids training for longer distance triathlon events always requires sacrifice in other areas of your life, you know? And I remember training for Ironman's like I, I could always feel that little bit of a shift and like my partner needing to take on more of the cooking or, you know, getting food or just things around the house and it definitely like was noticeable then so it's like even more noticeable now well and it's not only like the time that you're spent gone it's when you come back and you're like recovering like exactly after six hours on the bike the last thing you want to do is (laughs) vacuum (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) or like anything other than just sit so yeah i mean it can (laughs) end up being like a whole day not just the time that you're gone yeah. And that I know we've talked about this a little bit, but that is one of the things that is so hard with kids is not being able to really get that recovery. Yeah. Or if it is, it's, you know, toddler massages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've discussed a lot of different considerations as you go into your race planning. I think a big thing for me is uh, when you start thinking about it it's thinking about like what gets you excited uh what's going to motivate you to train what um yeah just if you know for me a big goal of having a race calendar out there is is not all about the races it's about the in-between so thinking about it that way and then also considering you know not just always defaulting to your baseline, you know, typical distance for us, maybe it's like a 70.3 or an Ironman, but thinking about, are there ways that you could do different distances that would get you excited, but maybe require a little bit less training or fit better in your schedule or, you know, running in the winter rather than biking through the rain, stuff like that. Uh, So not just the distances, but also the type of event. Um, And then also a big thing, that now that we have kids, like it's just even more important to talk with our partners about the races that we want to do and make sure that we can make it work with our lifestyle and our kids and uh, still having time for the family amongst all of it. So that's some of the, the key things as we think about how we plan our season. And now for our closing segment, let's go into our Go Mamas of the Week. Go mama, go mama, go mama. <laughs> These can be small triumphs, little things that made us happy, uh, anything that's been good this week. Allie, what's yours for the week? Um, well, actually, I have two this week. Um, we have this room off of our kitchen. Well, it's actually, our house is, was built in the 80s, so it kind of has that style where 
you walk in, there's a formal sitting room. And then off the back of that is the formal dining room, which connects to the kitchen. And when we first moved in, we kind of knew we were going to turn that formal dining room into a playroom and then turn the formal sitting room into a dining room. So you walk in and there's a dining room table kind of in our, in our entryway almost. But this room that is our playroom, it's kind of been like ever evolving and at first we had like a futon in there and then we had like the cat tree in there. And as Beth has gotten a lot more mobile, we've kind of made it completely kid proofed it. Like got the futon out, got the cat stuff out. And so she's got this really cool space. And, you know, I always knew when we moved in that it was going to be a playroom, but I didn't know what that was going to look like. And um, the walls in this room have been so like patched so poorly and so they've like covered like picture holes and this is before we moved in and and then like painted over stuff and like with the wrong color and so the walls have looked awful but I've been spending a lot of time on Etsy and Pinterest and trying to come up with these like really cute ideas for what to do to our playroom. And I got like a couple of signs to hang and this big, like wooden sign that says let's play. And then I got Mm -hmm. some like sticker polka dots and I've got some other pictures I'm going to hang. And I realized that it just like, I couldn't hang these things on the walls with the walls looking so bad. So I'm like, all right, so we're going to like clean this up. And so originally we were just going to repaint it the same color but we couldn't find the color in the garage. We were just hoping it'd be there. And so we're like, all right, let's go. Let's go paint shopping. And so we took Beth to the paint store. And for a minute, we almost did wallpaper. That was like a whole, um, maybe like a 10 to 15 minute, like ordeal that we were like, we're going to go full on wallpaper. Um, I'm kind of glad we didn't. Um, But anyways, we found this color and it's kind of like a light purple color. And it looks really good with like the trim. And so we got the walls painted and we got these polka dots up Mm -hmm. and we got the let's play sign up and we just got everything in there. And it's just like super, super excited about it. It's just, we have this like really cool space for her now and we've got all kinds of like fun stuff and like, I don't know. It's just, it's like this epic playroom and we absolutely love it. So really excited about that. That's definitely a big win. And then another one that happened this evening is this whole week, we've been having a hard time getting Beth into bed. Honestly, kind of like what you were saying, like with Ollie's bedtime, like he's just kind of not ready for bed. And this last Mm -hmm. couple of weeks, Beth has started like not really wanting to just go down as Mm -hmm. easily. And she's usually a really good sleeper. And so the last like four days it's just been like a fight to get her to sleep and you just feel terrible leaving her. And she's like super upset. And so my mom suggested um, putting her in her crib and like reading to her in her crib, Mm -hmm. which we hadn't really done before, but she loves books. And so we did that tonight and she has these little teeny tiny, like two by two inch board books. Mm -hmm. And I like gave her some of those to play with And I put her in her crib and I read to her for a while and then gave her some books. And she was so busy flipping through the books that she didn't (laughs) notice me sneak out. And it was the best bedtime we've had in days. And so that was just like a much needed, uh, much needed win. So, yeah. So those are mine. Um, What about you this week? 
Uh, well, this week, mine is just a short and sweet one. And, you know, I was in my office working and my office is right at the top of our stairs and the kids were with their nanny and I overheard Ollie. So, so Margo is like at the, you know, she just turned 10 months. And so she's just starting to like start climbing up the stairs on mm-hmm. her own, which is really exciting and always really fun to see. And so Ollie is always sort of supporting her and like next to her. And so they're, they're all climbing up the stairs together. And I hear Ollie say, I like my sister. Gigi's really brave. No. And it was so <laughs> heartwarming and just like everything you want when you have kids who are, you know, when you have like siblings, right? Yeah. And like I try to do. You know, from different podcasts I've listened to, they talk about, like, how they get their kids to form a special bond. And I know on on one of them, actually, I think it was what her mom had said, was just saying a lot of, like, you guys are always going to be there for each other. And, you know, I don't know, just saying stuff to really, like, talk about their bond and how they are siblings. And so when Ollie, like, you know, comes into you know, the room when Margo's waking up in the morning or something, it's like, oh, Ollie, Margo is so excited to see you. And, Aww. you know, and just like, Margo loves you so much and really s- saying stuff like that to build it up. And it's just so sweet when you have a moment where it's like, he likes his sister and he thinks she's brave. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. I eventually we want to have a second. And those are the moments I look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, in between all of the, no, Gigi can't have this. Like, I don't want to share anything. Even though today he did say, um, he said something positive about sharing, you know, like that he liked sharing or was willing to share. But, you know, it's always short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I'm sure it'll get a little bit better or worse. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, right. And that's it for our show this week. Thanks for listening. If you have any topics you want us to cover or any questions, please email us at momsoftriathlon at gmail.com.